So yeah, so we're going to be doing the next four weeks looking at this theme of the river of, of God. Um, we're going to be basing a lot of these next four weeks on looking at the prophetic word from Ezekiel had this vision of God's river flowing from the temple of God, the temple of God in heaven. And as God's people, we are called to draw from God's limitless supply of, of his grace and love. You know, we, um, over the next four weeks, we'll be looking at who we are called in the context, uh, who we're called to be in the context of God's river. And how this river, and in this river, we find everything we need in the river. It's a really helpful um, visual, if you like. It helps sort of use our imaginations. It helps us like, look at who God is and how we can um, sort of partake in who God is and his river. Um, and I think, it's, you know, I think it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to what we can learn together over the next few weeks. Our benefit, you know, it's not just a place where we can experience the love of God, the grace of God. It's a river where we can, um, that's good for those around us. We'll look a moment at the passage in Ezekiel. But there are trees that grew around this river. A river blesses everything that surrounds it. And I think the same in this church. Now, rivers feature a lot in the Bible. Um, they were crossed. We know of many rivers or some rivers that were crossed in the Bible. They're places of prayer. They were used. Rivers were used a lot for washing and baptism. We use nice posh spa pools these days, which are nice and heated. Many rivers are still used for that purpose today. They were used as a symbol of threatening circumstances and God's judgment, as well as a symbol for God's peace, God's sustaining power. Rivers were used as a, as a way that we could, and his provision and blessing. And perhaps... Most pertinent of all is where the river, as Jesus talks about, and we'll speak more about that later, but that it's, Jesus spoke of the river being uh, the Holy Spirit, that the river would flow from within us, from our hearts, and that we would be empowered to take the good news to those around us. So we are God's river because we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But there may be times... When you feel more like a, a dried up stream than like a is. Well, the Bible tells us that there is a river from heaven and it flows in and through us. So today I want to spend a bit of time looking at what this river actually is. What is this river that flows from the throne of God? And I also want us to look, what is the source? And finally, this morning, look at our response to hearing about what this river is. And so the main passage in the Old Testament refers to a river coming from God's temple is in Ezekiel 47. So the um, passage will come up on the screen, so you can read it from there or look for it in your own Bibles. Ezekiel 47, so I'm going to read the first verse. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. 
Ezekiel is a prophet, an Old Testament prophet, and God spoke to Ezekiel, and what we have here is what uh, vision Ezekiel had, and he wrote it down. And he has this vision of a river coming from the temple where God dwelt with his people. God dwelt in the Holy of Holies amongst the people of God, coming from the temple. And on this next slide is a sort of picture of what the temple might have looked like. And so here we have Ezekiel, in his, if you like, in his mind, his imagination, he sees this temple. And what he sees is a river coming from the most, where God's presence dwelt. And he sees this river coming out, and it's coming out to the south of the altar. So we've got the east is, if you like, uh, the, um, sorry, um, east is this way, so it's coming out this way. So you've got west is at the top, um, north. And okay, so this is kind of what Ezekiel was seeing. He's seeing this vision of a river, obviously not like this, but this gives you, help you sort of see what it looks like. And he sees, if you like, this river coming from the temple of God. So let's read on, verse 2. Led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. So if you think of that picture, the water was running out of the temple courts. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he moved the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, which came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river to being waist height to being a river, first time it's mentioned as a river, that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. You know, walking around the temple, we have this river coming from the sacred Holy of Holies. And Ezekiel making his way around the temple. And we see this river going from ankle deep, getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Till eventually the water was too deep and you had to swim. Because I think, you know, you can really love it or you can not love it so much. But I think there's something really nice about water. It's refreshing. When you drink it, you feel refreshed. And, um, you know, most kids love water. If you've got kids, then you take them somewhere where there's water and you, have, you, know, you feel quite relaxed because you know the kids are relaxed. But, you know, um, kids love water. And it's, it's as though water gives children the permission to just let themselves go. They just go and play in water like it's the most natural thing you could ever want. Legoland. And here's a picture of what they call the drenched towers at Legoland. Now, if you've not been recently, this is, I think this last few years this went in, but it's an opportunity for children to go and just get drenched in water to be. The kids love it. They absolutely love going to the drenched towers. And it, I would say in Alton Towers, I know the queues are pretty long for most of the rides, but this is the busiest place of the park. It is rammed with children 
having fun and playing. And these rides at, at uh, Legoland are the ones that involve water. You know, we had to, there was a 90-minute wait for the, um, what's it called? The, the log flume, that's right. A 90-minute wait for the log flume. And we kept going back, and it kept being 90 minutes. In the end, we had to wait virtually 90 minutes. They're going to go down the log flume, and they're going to get drenched. They love it. They love water. I've also um, had the opportunity to take the boys swimming at Tadworth Leisure Centre. And, um, and I went this last week with them. And I don't always, in fact, don't often, but this week I decided to go before their lesson started. And I thought, well, what, what the heck? Actually, it's one of the reasons to get Tom to go in, because he didn't want to go in. So we all got changed. We got there early. And I didn't think, I didn't think anything about this whole illustration while I was standing there, because I was just um, thinking about the situation. But I stood at the deep... And in fact, the boys had already gone in back to me and encouraged me to go in and I was standing at the deep end and I just stood there and looked at the water and thought I just really don't want to jump in because it's just it's going to be too cold um, so I thought oh, I could do I could do but I thought, no no so I actually thought right I'm going to walk around the pool to the shallow end so I stepped in the first step and I thought oh it is cold I thought okay no come on you can do it I went down a bit deeper and I went up waist height, and I thought, oh, that, this, is, this is all right, I can do this. And then, um, and then I saw Tom swimming towards me, and I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to you. So I thought, right, I'll make my way to the edge of the pool. So I made my way, and I sat on the edge of the pool, out of the way, so I was safe. And, um, and then Noah comes along, and Noah starts, like, he's just having fun. And he starts, starts splashing me, and I'm sitting there going, Noah, you're getting me soaked. And, uh, and I was just, you know, I was thinking, come on, Rob, jumped into the water. And it was wonderful. It was like, what was my hesitation? Why was I hanging about on the edge of this pool when actually it was lots of fun, just swimming with the boys and having lots of fun? It's lovely. You know, you forget the hesitation and the resistance that you first have. I had lots of fun with the boys. We so often, I think, are hesitant about getting too deep into knowing who we are in God. We hesitate sometimes to think, actually, I don't know. You know, God has so much for us as his children. And sometimes, sure, we're not convinced. Sometimes, you know, the gospel is outrageous. The fact that there is a God who loves us, we've been singing about it, a God that just is like, he wants to saturate us with his love. He wants us to know that we are the apple in his eye. That we are so cherished by him. And he just wants to pull that. And sometimes we, we just sort of stand on the edge and we're a bit reluctant to go deeper into the river. So let's carry on reading about this river in Ezekiel. So this, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank where very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that those will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters go there. For they will 
be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that and they would be places for spreading their nets. Their fish would be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the bank of this river, used for food, their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for medicine. Here is a picture of what the temple out to the Dead Sea. The temple, so Ezekiel is thinking of the temple in Jerusalem. So this picture, if you like, is somebody's hand-drawn bits on it, which is really helpful so I can describe to you of what it would have been like for Ezekiel to have this vision. The temple, um, well, in fact, Jerusalem is on a hill. There would be no rivers flowing from Jerusalem itself. But you can picture the river flowing eastward towards this sea, um, or the, um, yeah, so the Great Sea was the Mediterranean, but towards this sea. This was east of the temple. As you know, it's dead. It's full of salt. There's nothing fresh in the Dead Sea. But what the vision that Ezekiel has here is that if you think about it in a natural sense, what he's saying is that God's river is going to turn all of that saltiness, all of that dead stuff, life. It's teeming with life. And what was salty is going to be made fresh. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful picture of God uh, wanting to do that today. God does that. You know, God speaks through Ezekiel 600 years before Jesus lived on the earth and speaks to him about this river and this wonderful picture of a river coming from heaven. You know, and then how God then picks up on Revelation, Revelation 22, where John then has this vision, this picture, if you like. So Revelation 22 says that God showed John, a picture of a river, of a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal of Jesus. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each, yielding, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for their healing of the nations. You know, this river is, and it's something that is here today. The river of God is here today. It's in us. The Holy Spirit in each one of us is the river of God. The river, we are a church in which God wants to flow through as a river. Um, just over a year ago, uh, we moved into this building. And isn't that wonderful? God provided this wonderful building for us as his church. And we were, at the time, doing um, uh, an outreach with Jonathan Conrath um, on the high street. A series of prayer meetings where we were praying into, obviously, what God wants to do in us and through us as a church. And, one of the, and those prayer meetings were at Mike and Jenny's in their flat. 
And the first prayer meeting we had at that flat, I was just, just so wonderfully amazed by how many people were there. How many people in the streets of Sutton, but really in this building as well, to see God use us to be a great witness for his purposes. And one of these prayer meetings, there was a prophetic picture that came. And this picture was of a river through this very building. And the, the word that was brought, and I just felt a real sort of excitement that, wow, this is what God wants to do. That there was a picture of the back doors being flown open. And the river flowing through this building, the river of God, came great healing, came great restoration of people's lives, came an overall refreshing of God's spirit, of God's presence. You know, and there was a real excitement and expectation that this is what God was going to do. And I experienced of God's spirit, a refreshing of God's presence. But there was an expectation that there's more. That there's more that God wants to bless us with. There's more that God wants to pour out on each one of us individually and corporately as a church. That we would be a mighty river that wasn't just of a picture of a river coming in. It was a a picture then of the double doors in the front being wide open and this river going into the community. And that word was for us. And I think there's a, there's a process as a church that we, for me, what does this mean for me? Because God's spoken, we believe this was from God. What does it mean for me to be part of this river? To be part of the purposes of God? What God wants to do for us as a community? I think a big key to that is prayer. Prayer personally, prayer corporately, that we might pray for more of God's river, more of God's presence more of God's uh, anointing and healing and restoration. I need it as much as anyone else. I want more of God's presence. I want more of God. I want to see the power of God at work. God, you are doing a great thing. And I just want to step back and allow the Holy Spirit to do it. Don't you? Yeah? I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to see more of God. So, what does it mean to of this river? God's river that flows through each one of us. Well, firstly, rivers are a good place to be. The, the river in Ezekiel was teeming with life. It had a, a very great multitude of fish of all different kinds. Scuba diving, you know, in reefs. You know, it's a wonderful thing to see the plethora of fish in a reef. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. You know, and each one of us is different, unique, and got gifts in them. It's teeming with life. You know, I want this place to be full of life because God's spirit dwells in us and through us. It's teeming with life. Um, Abby has a river that she went to as a child. It's the River Chess, and it's found in Chesham. Um, And there's this one spot where you've got an old disused ford, um, so it's quite shallow, and this little wooden bridge that you can walk across. And it's a great spot for kids to play and just have fun in the river. We picked a beautiful day, and 
The boys had so much fun. And they were just playing. And one of the things they had lots of fun doing, and that was catching fish. You know, I think God wants us to have fun telling people about Jesus because it's a good thing. The whole world, he's the life of the world. He's the, he's the one who just is the answer to the whole world. And they were catching these wonderful little fish. I think they were baby trout, brown trout, or there was one bullhead in there, those of you who know about freshwater fishing. But um, they were lovely. You know, God has called us to be fishermen, fisherwomen, teeming with life. You know, I, I'd love this place, this hall, to be bursting at the seams with people that have found Jesus saying, you know, oh, this is the place here by his spirit. You know, we're, we're so packed that, you know, we've got to put screens on the car park or outside the front. People are walking past saying, you know, what's going on in there? Something different about that peop those people. You know, I nearly put a picture up of just fish just jumping out of the water just because there's so many of them. So we are a church that is to be teeming with life, a place of healing, restoration. When I think of teeming with life, rivers are continually moving forward. In Ezekiel, we see this um, river flowing in verse 1 from the temple. As God's church, we are continually looking to move forward. Power in faith and go and make disciples. We are commissioned by God to do those things. Rivers shape the scenery in which it finds itself. Excuse me, rivers are a powerful force. You know, each one of us with the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is the power. He wants to work in our hearts in order for this river of grace, this river of love and healing to flow through us. And the season for us to really understand and unpick what this means for us. You know, we, I think we, to, we are to be a river for the people here in Carsholton, for the people of this borough, for the people of places around this borough, Epsom, we live in Epsom. You know, we're, we're to be a river, I think, for the nation, healing of the nations. Healing not just here, but, you know, to send people that we'd see, you know, hear testimonies of healing in other nations as a result of what happens here in this very place. You know, there's a source of this that is not in ourselves. It's not in our security in our homes, our jobs. It's not in the security of our families. But the source of this river is just of this river. You know, it probably comes as no surprise. But, you know, I think that sometimes we get distracted. We things, we are very busy culturally. You know, the source of this river. He's the one. As we turn to him, as we trust in him, as we put our faith in him, then we will, the river can begin to flow through us. At the source 
of natural rivers. So we should have the Amazon. There it is. So the top picture is the source of the Amazon. The bottom one is of what you might imagine the Amazon River might look like. It's very wide, the whole of, um, what is it, Brazil, somewhere like that? Cool. Thank you, Brazil. So, but the source, look at the source, there's a trickle running down a rock. And I think that often, you know, you can think of sources as well, that, and that's not really very much. The trickle, when it comes together with all the other tributaries, when it comes down the mountain, when all the water that gathers together becomes a mighty river like the Amazon. I mean, at primary school, there are certain rivers you learnt about. The Amazon was always one of them. Mississippi was another one because we always... A mighty river, but it has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. Okay, the next river is the Zambezi. Now, I have had the fortune of going to the Zambezi River. Not to the source, might I had. And that bit at the top says, Zambezi source here. So somebody ought to buy that fallen tree. So it's obviously a spring or something. It's obviously just sort of a, a collection of water where the Zambezi starts. But if you know the Zambezi, it's a massive river when you get to the picture here of the Victoria Falls. It starts off as nothing. Now, you can bungee jump off that. Has anyone bungee jumped off that bridge there? No. Um, and this is where you start the whitewater rafting from. And it's really scary. Because I'll tell you why. Because all, imagine all this water here. It comes to the force of this river coming through there. It's petrified. I was petrified of getting in a boat and going down the river. But once in it, it was great. It was lots of fun. So the source starts don't know Jesus. You might think to yourself, well, Jesus is just this other man, surely, that lived 2,000 years ago. Just a man that lived and died. You know, how can the source of this river be that significant? There is something very different about him. As we've been singing and, um, and, and talking about and praying about this morning, Jesus died on the cross. That meant that where each one of us is separated from God and know a great relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus is the source of the river. He's the one that gives us confidence to swim in the deeper parts. When you grow in your relationship with Jesus, when you get to know Jesus, the one who died for you, the one that made this wonderful open channel for you and God, your Father, to, to, to know every day, to know the love of God through Christ. As you put your trust in Jesus, there's something, something happens in your heart. You know, it's almost like, you know, you, you get filled with this, no, that nothing else satisfies. Nothing else can give you that. And many in this room have experienced that. The knowledge of the love of God through Christ. If you've never put your trust in Jesus, then you can do that. Life has always seemed a bit dry and hopeless. That You can experience the life-giving water of Jesus today. And my encouragement to you is to make that step. Make that step and pray a prayer to receive Jesus Jesus is seated on the throne of heaven. 
And he's given us the Holy Spirit, as I spoke about earlier. We are God's river because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And I just want to read what Jesus said um, that John tells us about in the book of John. So I just want to read from you, for you uh, John chapter 7. Again, it should come up on the screen. It says this, um, and this is Jesus speaking on the last day of the feast. The last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You know, when you make a decision to follow Christ, there is like um, a Holy Spirit birthing. that, that Also an empowering that comes when you pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you've never been prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then can I encourage you to do that today? Because there is a greater empowering that what God wants to give us, which involves being... Now, Jesus spoke this on the last day of this special feast that the, um, the Jews were having. And on this last day, a ceremony took place where water was gathered from the pool of Siloam. Now, as I said earlier, Jerusalem didn't have a river which went down to uh, a river and used to, it drew up water. And from this pool, the only source of fresh water within Jerusalem, um, a, a priest would go down to the pool with a, a vessel, uh, if you like a jug, fill it with water and bring it back. The Feast of Tabernacles was a great celebration. It was a great celebration because um, it was a whole celebration of what God had done for the Israelites as they delivered them. It was a celebration of how God continued to deliver his people. And this uh, back to the uh, temple and this water was poured over the west side of the altar. And another priest poured a, uh, an offering of wine on the east side of the altar. So this both symbolized the, the great provision as God's people. Now, I can't think of a more apt time for Jesus, when this is happening, to stand up and shout this. Now, he would have had to have shouted it because there would have been lots of singing, dancing and declaration that God was a God who delivers, that God is a God who provides. So he would have had to have shouted out that this is what he says. Come to me, all who are thirsty. Out, he who believes in me, out of his heart, to know what it is to flow with living water. I certainly do. And that is available today. Jesus said it. He said that, he, you know, he spoke of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available today for all those that want to receive it. To the prophetic word, Jesus has come. Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit. And we're invited to come and enjoy this wonderful river of God. So finally, let me finish with this. What is our response? Do you enjoy and delight in this river? Are you staying around the shallows, perhaps not wanting to get more than your ankles wet? Or perhaps you're up to your waist and know that there are some things in your life 
that you haven't totally let go of God for. You know, swimming in this river is about having complete trust and faith in Jesus. You know, we're going to, over the next three weeks, expand on what this river means. And be trusted and, and faith in Jesus that he will bring you peace. He will bring you comfort. He will bring you restoration. If there's something you perhaps feel shame about, that to bring you to a place of freedom. The river of God is a place of freedom. It's a great place. I'm really thirsty for this river. How about you?